Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ryan McTaggart is with us, covers the Houston Astros, has been doing so for since 2004, is uh, with MLB.com now. Uh, we're introducing you to Minnesota Outdoor Baseball in April. What do you think? Well, it's uh, it's pretty cold. It's uh, you know, it's uh, you know, I, I grew up in Houston watching baseball, and it was always indoors. And uh, in 2000, they moved to Minute Maid, and even even now, most of their games are still indoors. So, yesterday in Houston, it was 52 at first pitch, uh, and it was the coldest home game in Astros history. So, uh, of course, that's uh, nothing compared to what we got tonight. Yeah, if I was a hitter, there's things I'd rather do than face Justin Verlander at age uh, with the temperature at age about 30 degrees, huh? Or being in the AL Central, and he says this probably could be the coldest game he's ever pitched in, but he said, I'm just reminding myself it's worse for the hitter. So I think that that's definitely true. So uh, what? Uh, how did the world change down there for baseball in Houston uh, by winning the World Series? Well, the Astros are the the toast of the town. They're everywhere. You can't uh, you can't go anywhere in Houston without seeing Astros hats and shirts, and uh, they're like rock stars. Correa, Springer, uh, Altuve. They're the most popular guys in the uh, sports figures in the city of Houston, along with JJ Watt, probably, and James Harden. But uh, you know, the, the Astros rule the roost. It's uh, huge crowds. Their first home stand, as you would expect. I think they had three sellouts and a couple more that were close. And Everybody just wants a piece of the Astros right now. It's certainly pretty dramatic change than what it was five years ago when they were losing 111 games. And you sit there and watch the games, and you can hear the outfielders calling each other off when a ball was hit to the outfield. So it's it's uh, it's been a really dramatic uh, turn in Houston, and the Astros right now can do no wrong. And beyond uh, you know being really good, uh, some of those personalities are hard not to love, like Altuve. I had a chance to talk to him last year. Man, that is a good guy right there. Yeah, they have very likable players, very marketable players. Altuve, like you said, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's a great face of the franchise. I mean, George Springer, World Series MVP, is a, a guy you can really rally behind. You know, has overcome a stutter. He, he bursts with enthusiasm. Carlos Correa is one of the, the bright young stars in the game, and he embraces it and goes about things the right way. Then you have Keiko and McCullers. Is, McCullers is a very confident kid. Um, you know, Keiko's got the beard, and Verlander's Verlander. It's just uh, they have a little bit of everything. But I, I've never seen a team as close as this team is. This is uh, there. There are no clicks in that clubhouse. It is a very tight team, and it's a, a very motivated team to try to do this one more time. And Verlander uh, walked right in, and uh, they were so happy to have him. It would have been hard for him to not fit in. I would think. Huh? 
Yeah, yeah, he came in, and I mean, every everyone looks up to him. I mean, he's got a, a Cy Young and an MVP, and um, he had done everything except win a World Series. So he certainly came in and, and carried some weight, and got young guys like McCullers looked up to them. Now they have Garrett Cole, and, and he looked up to him as well, and is learning things. And, and he, when you go out and you pitch like he pitched last year, I mean, he was five and zero. He was five and zero in five starts in the regular season. Was the ALCS MVP, helped him win the World Series. Uh, and you kind of you kind of put your money where your mouth is. It goes a long way. But he this this starting pitching rotation is absolutely dominant, and and the Twins are getting the uh, the horns of it right here with the three guys they got going in these three games with uh, Verlander, Keuchel, and McCullers. Not you know they, they're missing Garrett Cole, who's probably the best pitcher in the AL through the first ten games of the season. So there's no. Uh, no easy pitching matchups when you face the Astros. Ryan McDaggart is with us, covers the Astros. They're coming to town to cool with the bats for three days and uh, play in San Diego, which is always shocks us up here. Uh, the last time we saw them up here, they scored 40 runs in three games. So anytime they aren't scoring runs, it's a, it's a surprise. Yeah, the Astros have destroyed Minnesota pitching the last few years. That, this series against San Diego they just had was, was really shocking. I mean, um, the Astros did not get an extra base hit in the series till yesterday. Wow. So the third game of the series, Max Stassi hit a three-run homer, and they win four to one. Um, I don't know if it's in from familiarity. I mean, it was a interleague game, so this was a lot of a lot of pitchers the Astros hadn't seen before. But the bats, I think, are certainly due to break out. Um, how this cold weather will affect them, I'm not sure. But Carlos Correa has cooled off a little bit. Alex Bregman, um, who had a, a walk-off pop-up. In, in Saturday's game, yeah, I saw that he's due to break out a little bit. Of course, Altuve uh, hits really well on the road, so um, you know I, I, it might be bad news for Minnesota because I, I think this this team is due to to break out and, and have some big games with the bats. So uh, they uh, like the bullpen too. Yeah, the bullpen's done a nice job. I mean, they don't they don't do things the conventional way. I mean, you saw that in the World Series last yep. year. He, AJ Hinch used uh, Lance McCullers in relief. He used uh, Charlie Morton in relief in Game Seven of the World Series. He's a starting pitcher, and then they have a couple of secret weapons that you know they can use for one batter or, or three innings. And, and Brad Peacock and, and Chris Davinsky. But he's not married to closer roles. He's not married to this guy pitches the eighth. This is the seventh inning guy. It's about matchups, um, where they're at in the game, who, who's available in the bullpen. But it, it's not a it's not a great bullpen like uh, maybe the Yankees or the Red Sox or Indians but it's very very good and uh, they have a lot of weapons and, and they can come at you in a lot of different ways and, um, so it's performed pretty well so far but if you're looking for a key, the strengths of this team it is definitely their lineup it's definitely their starting pitching and then the bullpen's coming on a little bit as well. Hey Brian I had an MVP ballot last year and uh, of course I voted for Altuve but the other uh the other Astro that ended up on my ballot was uh, Marwin Gonzalez, uh, just because of where he played any time anybody got hurt and the kind of production they get out of him. Boy, a player like that comes in handy, doesn't he? Well, you and me both. I, same deal. I voted for Altuve 1. I put Marwin on my ballot, I think, at 10th. Um, I mean, he, he led them in RBIs last year. People don't realize that. Marwin <laughs> Gonzalez led the Astros in RBIs last year. Correa goes down in July and Marvin steps in, plays shortstop at an all-star level for six weeks in the in the World Series. He starts left field every game. He can play first, third. He is just probably the best utility man in the game. And I hesitate to call him a utility man because he plays almost every day. Switch hitter with power, um, and definitely one. I mean, there, there were so many <laughs> there were so many guys on the Astros that they couldn't have won the World Series without this guy and this guy. But I'll tell you what, Marvin Gonzalez was right in the middle of it all. 
Um, he's going to be a free agent after this year, so he's, I think he made himself a lot of money with that season he had last year. That, of course, is something that uh, you you wonder about. Uh, I mean, Houston's uh, no longer a small market, that's for sure, and uh, uh, selling tickets and going crazy. But man, they got a lot of guys that are going to have to pay here pretty soon. Yeah, they do, and their, their payroll is it's still not huge. I mean, they're in probably the probably the middle, maybe just outside the top ten in payroll, and. You know, they just re-signed Altuve a month ago. They gave him $150 million over seven years. So, And, you know, every offseason now they're going to have to deal with this. They have Marwin Gonzalez and Dallas Keuchel that are free agents after this year. And then you have Verlander and Garrett Cole the year after that. Springer's close. A little bit further down the road is Correa. So it's going to be impossible to keep all these guys. But believe it or not, they have talent coming through the minor leagues. They have an outfielder, left-handed hitting outfielder, AAA, who's got star written all over him. They have one of the best uh, hard-throwing young right-handers who's in double-A um, who might be up later this year. So um, they're not going to spend crazy money on, on any of their free agents. They're going to spend wisely, and if they can't, they'll go and, 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 and uh, fill it within the farm system or they'll go out and get a guy like Charlie Morton who they paid two years, $14 million. Everyone's like, why? They give him Charlie Morton money, and he has the best year of his career and is you know unhittable in the, in the World Series. So uh, it's a very smart front office, and, and they're doing things pretty tactfully and, and pretty wisely, and they're certainly not going to spend uh, dumb money when it comes to all these guys. They're going to be coming up for contracts in the next few years. Brian McTaggers with us, covers the Astros. I would bet that there wasn't a parade in town when they hired A.J. Hinch, who had gotten fired at Arizona and was uh, when not the old tobacco-chewing chew, uh, baseball guy, uh, that's for sure, but uh, that has worked out rather well. Yeah, well, he's kind of the new age manager you have now. He's a guy with front office experience, um, he's Stanford educated. He was a you know backup catcher for most of his career, so kind of an unheralded player you didn't know much about. But you know, at the time they hired him, they were they were coming off that third consecutive hundred loss season, and and Jeff Luno at the press conference said AJ Hinch is going to be the manager that we he's going to be our manager when we win the World Series. And of course, <laughs> people are like, are, are you serious? And sure enough, three years later. He, he's just that, but he's uh, you know he's a terrific manager. Yes, he has a terrific team, but he, he balances that clubhouse very well. Um, he, the players have a lot of respect for him. I think he's a good tactical manager. And when you work for the Astros, you have to balance the front office part too. Very analytically driven. He buys into it. He understands everything. He's good about uh, uh, delivering those messages to the players. Um, you know, we're going to see the Astros in this series have four outfielders. Um, I think at times with some left-handed batters and. It's going to raise a lot of eyebrows, but a lot of thought goes into those types of things, and it's uh, the front office coming up with the idea, and, and AJ buying into it, and then the players buying into it, and uh, it works. He's, he's been a great fit here in Houston. How many uh, times have they uh, pulled that this year? How many times have they played the four-man outfield? Well, they only did it in the uh, in the Rangers series, the beginning of the year. They don't do it at home because the outfield is small. They'll do it against left-handed hitters who are pull hitters. They will put. Uh, they'll move the third baseman to left field, move the other outfielders over, and they'll leave the left side of the infield exposed. And it worked pretty well against Joey Gallo, although he did hit a home run. But um, but uh, he, uh, you know, he, I think he flied out three times. So they're going to do it on occasion, not a lot. But um, I think we'll see that at Target Field against uh, some of their left-handed hitters tonight if nobody's on base. Yeah, Logan Morrison probably for sure. He hasn't yeah, Logan hit, Morrison, he, exactly right. He hasn't hit the ball enough to uh, tell us where it goes, but uh, the uh, the track record indicates that uh, he, he's a dead pull hitter. Sano, the other way around, they they probably won't do it against a right-handed hitter. Well, they can't because they you know they can't leave. Yeah. They, they got to have they can't leave 
first base. Yeah, right. Side, so that'd be a big problem. I mean, they do. The first baseman will play off first base quite a way for a right-handed yeah. pull hitter, but obviously you got to have somebody within you know twenty, thirty feet of first base. So, yeah, I think Morrison will see that. If no one's on base, we'll see the four outfielders tonight and uh, see how it works out. Well, uh, good luck here. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, don't uh, don't say anything uh, too loud. Well, the press box windows will be open, so you'll be okay. But I was going to say, don't say anything too loud in the press box tonight because they'll be able to hear it down on the field. There'll be about twelve people there. And oh, the windows will be open or closed? No, oh, they'll be closed. They'll be closed. Oh, We're not okay. crazy <laughs> here, for goodness' sakes. We're not crazy. All right. Well, I guess they plan to play. So uh, good luck. Enjoy it. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, Brian McDaggart covers the Astros for MLB dot com and. Boy, it must be fun to have a ball club like that, huh? It's uh, it is it is quite the team there. It's a it's a far cry from where our boys were a few <laughs> years ago. That's for sure. Well, it's a far cry from where they were a few years ago. You know, their catcher, this Max Stassi, uh, he had a home run to win a game for him a few days ago. The Twins had his brother in uh, minor in in big league camp, spring training, and he's now the first baseman at Rochester, and he hasn't made it out this season. Nor has anybody else since they haven't played a game. <laughs> and they're trying to play tonight again. The Rochester Red Wings 0 for 3 in postponements. So, uh, then, and, uh, and they are playing Syracuse tonight. And apparently the weather is worse than it was uh, over the weekend. So anyway, we'll uh, be April night baseball. Stupid. We'll be back. Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Swing and a miss. Down goes Joyce. One away. Miss. Fastball at 99. Two down. He got a little bit behind that fastball. Swing and a miss. Down goes Chapman. Make that 10 strikeouts on the afternoon. Eighteen up, eighteen down. Anybody watch that yesterday? Anybody oh, see Marquette flipping over there? Ninety-nine or a hundred, and then that splitter. Uh, nobody, you know, the splitter isn't getting thrown that much anymore. People are afraid of the elbow and but, all that. But, but his Pat, is unhittable. It was a hundred with precision. Yes, yeah, I mean he was, was hitting his targets with a one hundred mile an hour fastball. Yes, he was, and but the splitter is oh. unhittable. Yes, yeah. if you if you're one and two, and he he throws you that thing, well, you can't his, hit it. His delivery too is so deceptive because he he goes into that slow windup, and then his arm just sort of whips towards the plate, and like you you can't. To try and time that is is almost I don't know how I don't know how these guys are going to catch up to that. <laughs> I mean, it's. Hard to appreciate the phenomenon of this. The last time a guy had two wins and three homers <laughs> at this point of a season was 1919. 1919, and it's only been done three times in baseball history. You, I mean, obviously, yeah. this is a pretty incredible pace to keep up throughout the season, but here's what I love about what Sho- Sh- Shoei Otani <laughs> is doing right now in Major League Baseball. He's drawing in the non-baseball fan. Oh, well, I was just going to bring that up. 1981. Now, the Angels came in 62. The year after the Twins, yep. Uh, no, 61. Came in the same year It was the, the same year? What am I thinking oh, of? Yeah, okay. American League expansion. Got it. 61. 
And the Dodgers, the first couple of years there, they had to play in Wrigley Field, the old minor league park. The Dodgers, I mean, if you talk to anybody who was a young around there when the Dodgers came, it was like the biggest thing that L.A. had ever experienced. They played in the L.A. Coliseum for a, two or three years, which had a 250-foot fence in left, left field, field. <laughs> and they draw 80,000 when somebody came to play if, wow. if it was the right night. So the Dodgers, and look, go back and look at the old black-and-white sitcoms, Drysdale and Koufax and all those players. They were on those shows. And the Angels were the poor stepchildren from 1961 on, even with Gene Autry as their owner, the, the wonderful cowboy as their owner. And even when they were winning the World Series, it's still, I mean, it's the day, you know, they were big, but, and they draw people, but it's always been the Dodgers. And the Dodgers in 1981, the Dodgers were never bigger than when they had Fernando Fernando. Mania. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, The American League had it with the bird, with Fidrich. Mm Mm-hmm. And the National League had Fernando Mania in 1981 and 82, where every time he pitched, it was the biggest event in the L.A. area, right? Hollywood, you could have had it against the Academy Awards. People would have been to Fernando Mania. Well, this kid filled that ballpark early in the season against the Oakland A's yesterday. That place was jammed. They announced 41,000 or something, which mm. is about what it holds now. Uh, he is going to, the age, the Dodgers are going to be eating their hearts out because he, LA, I know, I mean, it's enormous and you know, there's, there's enough people obviously to support everything, but it's also the trendiest town in the world. Oh yeah. No matter how big the market size is, there's still going to be competition. This guy is going to capture the headlines out there. Like we haven't seen since Valenzuela, as far as baseball is concerned. Well, and what's so funny is remember all the reports out of spring training. And I know Hassan had a great piece today saying I was wrong. This kid's good. Cause he was one of the first critics that came out, but a lot of the scouts were just saying that this isn't going to work. I think police I heard him getting abuse on MLB.com cause he was, He's Mr. Optimism, and a bunch of those guys were expressing skepticism about him and uh, stuff like that. And, you know, uh, somebody, I saw somebody say, example A of why don't you shouldn't pay any attention to spring training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, the fact that he has, okay, he's got power pitching. He throws 100. But when he hits his home runs, they're like 440. And Ooh, by uh, the way, one of them was off him. Kluber. Yeah. Yeah. And he's what three straight games now right? mm-hmm. that he's that he's hit a home. You run do wonder play. though about you know you hope that there isn't overuse and you know pitching and then playing every well, day. All they're going to do is DH him. They're not going to. But well, still, I, as I a just, starting pitcher, you have to you know you still need that's recovery my worry time. Is that he's going to the my biggest worry is that he's at some point he's going to need Tommy John at some point. I don't think he plays the day. I don't think he day, plays the day before he pitches. Right or the day after. Or I what, think he plays the day does after. Does he play the day yeah. after? But what is he, 26, 27? I don't even think he's that old. Yeah. I think he's... Oh, well, that's right. He, he didn't wait. Because he, he, he could have waited until he was 25 and yeah. posted and become a free yeah, agent. right. He just wanted to get over here. That's okay, kid. You're going to make a lot of dough out in L.A. Uh, doing ads for the... Uh, Asian American community, oh my God. I would think. But uh, this is exactly what baseball needed. How old is he? Boys, 
This young man is 23 years old. 23. Wow. Wow. He'll be 24 in July. I was worried. I was watching him and seeing the split finger. The thing is, he doesn't throw it constantly like Mike Scott and some of those guys did. That It, it became the pitch that people stopped throwing because of the heart on the elbow. But uh, Wasn't that what ruined Liriano's elbow? Wasn't that the split? No, no, slider. It was, it was a slider. slider. Okay. 80% sliders. But... Uh, I'll have to talk to Morris and ask Morris what he thinks because you know Morris was a great forkball. And split, I wonder too if finger forkball. If same thing. Jack seems to be the kind of guy that would have been a skeptic of a kid like this coming in, but and maybe he I wasn't. I have no it, idea. It's hard to be skeptical of a hundred. Yeah. I mean, if you start off with a hundred, you got a shot. Yeah, right. Yeah, you start off with a hundred, you got a shot. <laughs> well, the, but a hundred easy. And he was Easy. perfect through good. six yesterday. Yes, and he and, and he, he only behind two zero, and he he threw one where a guy could hit it. So. And he he only had I think seventy eight pitches yes. through those perfect With, six. He had twelve strikeouts yesterday. Oh. Ah man, alive! I uh, every team in town is going to be looking at their schedule, and if the Angels show up and he doesn't pitch, they're going to be very sad. When do the Angels come one, here? When do the Halos come here? I have no idea. Uh, I think it's around the All Star break. Because I was looking at their schedule earlier today, but he'll he'll draw people whether he's hitting or pitching. Oh yes. yes, when he's pitching, there won't be an empty seat in America. I don't think. Do you? No, because this is this is Ichiro. I think this is as big as when Ichiro came to oh, town. It's big. I think it's bigger because because it's a pitcher, so you can you can go and say, mm-hmm. "I'm going to see him do something tonight." Now yeah. it might be good or bad, but I'm going to see. But him you'll for see sure. something. No, and you wonder too. Because of if if this continues, what's going to be the next? You know, who's going to be the next Otani to come over? Because it happened with Ichiro. Ayo. Yeah, but none of them were ever in the same. But you ballpark. wonder if there's going to be a ripple effect. Is I guess what I'm getting yeah. at here with this kid being able to to do both. As I've said about Ichiro, that dumbass batting style of his that <laughs> everybody thought, oh, this works. No, it doesn't work. It works for one guy because yeah, he's so damn him. good. Right? You know. As I've already I told you guys, Dave Winfield, I said to Ralph Rowe, the old Twins hitting coach, back when he was first coming up, I said, how can he hit with that hitch? He says, that's how good he is. <laughs> you know, he can hit with that hitch. This kid, you know, uh, Ichiro could hit with that crazy batting style because that's how good he was. That's how good his hands were. So, it, it, you know, Nishi had the same style, didn't work quite as well. Right, just a didn't bit work different. Quite as well. But uh, what an amazing uh, start to the baseball season Wait a minute. by this kid. Maybe Nishi was a pitcher, and we misused him all these years later. Mm-hmm. Well, he couldn't throw from second to first, though, so that would <laughs> oh, yeah, that's beat a good that point. Yeah, That's a good of course, point. It was, I'll never forget the day that he's playing in Toronto early in this. I think their second series was in Toronto, and he's playing second, and they hit like kind of the hard two-hopper at him. And he almost dived in front of it. And I remember saying to myself, oh, my God, he can't play. <laughs> you know? Well, as long as we've he gone here. He has no idea what he's doing. 11 seconds of my personal favorite moment. Okay. Can't see it. And it's going to fall for a double. Nishi just looking up. He had his glove up by his eyes. And then at the last minute just put his palms out. And the ball landed in front of him. Glad he was so mad. (laughs) He was so mad. He didn't see it. (laughs) And by the way, that was not a day game. You know what Harry would have said? What's that? 
Uh, Harry would have said, Corey, how could a guy who grew up in Japan lose a ball in the sun? (laughs) Jorge Orta, my favorite ever, Harry. Hey, we'll be back. Here's John Heights. Stunned by the fact Marlene Stallings is leaving the university for Lubbock, Texas. Well, not really stunned. Okay. Lubbock, home of Buddy Holly. Oh, that's right. Well, this, uh, this update sponsored by Liberty. He's not alive anymore. Is he? Yeah, he died. He got oh, killed died in a plane a crash. Years ago. Yeah. Plane crash. Uh, Fifty-eight. Mm-hmm. Update sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind. But Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. The big bopper and who else? Uh, the Big Bopper, Richie Valens, and Richie Valens. Buddy Boy. Holly. Boy, yeah. that was a pretty good crew. Yeah, The Big Bopper was just a disc jockey, but the other two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Twins open up a three-game series against the Astros tonight. Uh, Lance Lynn makes his second start of the season for the Twins. First one at home at Target Field. Didn't he have to make the one in Pittsburgh when it was blizzarding, uh-huh. too? I bet he says... Why the hell did I sign with these clowns? <laughs> uh, Justin Verlander pitches for the Astros. Uh, your Twins lineup for this evening. Dozier at second base. Maurer playing first hitting second. Sano hits third and plays third base. Rosario cleanup in left field. Uh, Logan Morrison uh, off to a, well, a slow start, start, let's say. Yeah, He's DHing hitting fifth. Escobar playing shortstop hitting sixth. Kepler hitting seventh in right field. Buxton in center field hitting eighth. And Castro catches and hits ninth. Just remember that when he first came to Tampa Bay in 2000, 2016, it was 30 more games from today that he knocked in his first run. Ah, He knocked wow. in his first run in game 37. Oof. So got off to a slow start with the race. <laughs> and you know what? He had a good year. Well, last year he had a good year. That's that what, year I guess he that's... drove in 48. Oh. 14 and 48 that year. Gotcha. By yeah. the way, uh, back to Buddy Holly really quick. Um, marrying an Iowa girl. And then when I go yeah. to visit the family, one of my uh, proudest moments is when I kept naming different towns where the plane crash happened, and yeah. they get very offended that you don't have the right that town. you don't have the right town. It's uh, <laughs> kind of like you know Bob Dylan; he was born in you know whatever. <laughs> Eveleth, he was great. Uh, Eveleth star, Bob Dylan. <laughs> right, same thing. Uh, did you guys see? Speaking of Lance Lynn, since he's a former Cardinal, uh, the fight uh, Yadier Molina oh, yes, yesterday. Uh, it, what Lovolo, did he say? Something like that little p word is no. He called him. Uh, the, the big one. The big one. The MF-er. Yeah. Oh, he, you oh but it was almost a sign of it was, gratitude. It was almost because a compliment. Because he was framing. But yes. Yeah, but I, I can see that sometimes the language barrier. Uh, well, that. I love Yachty, but Yachty's got a short fuse. Yes. Remember the uh, Brandon Phillips thing That's to lead right. off the game yep. a couple of years yep. ago? Yep. Phil- <laughs> he started a brawl because Phillips tapped him on the shinger and said, hey, good game, you're a go-getter. <laughs> Uh, Timberwolves with two games left. They try to make it into the NBA playoffs tonight. They play Memphis Wednesday. They'll play the Denver. Their Nuggets. best chance to make the playoffs is if Portland, if they win when they win tonight, if Portland beats uh, yeah, Denver, they, right? they they can win tonight and then if they need Portland to a, beat Denver and send San Antonio to beat Sacramento, does, and then they would clinch. Does Portland play Denver tonight? Yes. Okay. They, That's Portland no won't, fun. Portland won't beat Denver. We the need way. the angst. Portland we need it to come, come down to the oh, last game of the year. Yeah, and the game's in Denver, and the Nuggets are really hard to beat at yeah, home. Yeah, and so. Portland doesn't care. Mm. Yeah. Uh, as Patrick alluded to, Marlene Stallings is leaving the Gophers. She'll be the new women's basketball coach at Texas Tech. Uh, this past season, the Gophers 24-9 under Stallings. <laughs> ended with a second-round loss to Oregon in the NCAA tournament. The moral of that story is never... 
go interview someplace in the hope that it's going to get you a raise when they don't really want to have you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't work, you know. Uh, don't play that card that uh, if uh, they don't want you around. Unless anymore. it's going to work, yeah. Noted. <laughs> uh, another baseball note, Red Sox shorts up Xander Bogarts, who's off to a great yes. start. Oh, this is bad, right? Didn't he break his ankle? He's going to miss a couple weeks. He has a small, non-displaced fracture in his left ankle. And he was running. What he, he was trying to save the ball from going into the dugout. Yes, that's yeah, and no. he hit it on the railing there. He's uh, hitting three sixty eight, fourteen for 30. Eight this season, he two homers, nine RBIs. The that was a bad team. loss for the Rays, though. They yeah. were up six to what? Two? Six two into the bottom of the eighth and gave up five. Yeah. They're uh, recalling Su Wee Lin from AAA to take Bogart's place on the team. Any relation to Jeremy Lin? That I don't know. Su oh, okay. is TZO or TZU. That's a tough. Uh, I got a hunch. Shohei Sanity has a little more staying power than Lin Sanity. Probably, yeah, probably, probably, yes. yeah. And uh, Mark McGuire says, yes, he didn't need the steroids to hit 70 home runs. He told that to The Athletic. Okay. Uh, he what said year is he this? He could have done it without, without the steroids, although he said, I know I did take steroids and it was a mistake. But if, deep if down inside. Done it, if you could have done it without the steroids, Mark, why did you take the steroids? I don't care. The summer of 98 was awesome <laughs> for baseball. I was there, man, writing that bull crap like a something. <laughs> What I kind of vitamins are they taking? Swallowed take? it whole. Boy, those guys must be working out in the offseason. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Hitting no weights, man. Yeah. Well, we were in the midst of what our like seventh or fifth consecutive awful twins year. We needed something. It was great. Yeah, well, I was also naive, but uh, that's a, but a hell, I was young. I was only like 70 or something. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. <laughs> You're on the ride with Roycey. He's an incredible troll. Well, yes. He has cultivated and fertilized his inner troll uh-huh. on 1500 ESPN. The ride with Roycey now continues. First of all, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for Late Hits. Huckleby is the tailback. Well, the Packers were down here last time and, and fumbled the ball. Steps wide to the near side, slot right. Called by Dickey in second and goal. And a quick pitch to Huckleby coming to the near side. He oh. slipped by one man. He's going to go in for the touchdown. He cut back at the five. There were four Bears there. And he left them all to the outside. And Knight back in for his second touchdown of the game. Joe McConnell, a very, very good uh, football announcer, was the Vikings play-by-play guy, the best team they ever had uh, when they fir- they first came over from to here from KS from CCO. Mm-hmm. The Vikings left. This was like a big traumatic event. The, the first team to leave CCO, right? And the the team was Joe McConnell and Paul Hornan. Oh man! They brought Hornin over here as his helper, and they were great. They were they were here. They did that four or five years, and then I think they went back to CCO, and I think McConnell went with them. Very uh, very good football announcer. Okay, baseball announcer. He replaced Harry with the White Sox. Oh, he when did. The, yeah, the White Sox fired Harry uh, because they decided that. They could, him and Pearsall were just a little too much uh, for good purposes. And I've told you guys that story that I called Harry at the pump room and the, the Ambassador West. Yep. And they took the phone over to the 
you know, they went and told them that this guy from Minneapolis, they told them who I was, St. Paul, and went over and they took it over and plugged in the phone at the booth. And Harry was there and he's already half lit up. And he said, <laughs> Joe McConnell, he couldn't sell a Budweiser to a dying man crawling across the d- desert, you know, or the Sahara or something <laughs> like that. Poor Joe was, that was a bad deal for him to try to replace Harry because well, they sure. loved Harry on the south side. And then, of course, a month later, the Cubbies hired him to come over to the north side, which worked out pretty good for Harry. But uh, Joe McConnell, very good football announcer here, has died at age 79. I think his last gig was uh, Purdue. Purdue. Voice of Purdue. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he, was good. he was good, though. Give me one second. High strong High strong fella. He was Was he a local guy? Was he from No, no, here? they brought him in from the outside. Somebody okay. from KSDP found him, I think. because uh, I think this the station they were gonna they wanted a new voice because of uh, Maybe it was a delivery. sports director, the rookie was uh <laughs> Well in the early stages. Yeah, I don't of... know. I wasn't that's so long ago. I wasn't even here. And neither was Such. For God's sakes. I, sometime in the seventies, I can't. I still remember love it when Rookie will get email with the title Sports, sports Director. director we appointed him sports director. <laughs> we appointed appointed him sports director. Uh so uh yeah, that was uh that was uh, sad to say the least. Uh the Wolves tonight, Memphis. Uh two weeks ago they managed to lose to this team. One of the most it made me it embarrassed me to be a Minnesotan <laughs> that they lost that it was, game. It was easily the I worst mean, loss. This of the is year. a team that had lost twenty three out of twenty four. And this yeah. is the one and that had is, no interest in even winning. Yeah. And this is the one that put them in the predicament that they're in now. Yeah. Right? I mean that yeah. was the there's been bad losses, but that was the one that yep. and and it was the one time in all these bad losses where you saw faces and Jimmy wasn't playing yet, but you saw faces on the sideline saying, "What in the hell? What is happening? Doing? Yeah. yeah, what How is going on? Happen? What How, is this? Uh, yeah, it was yeah. a it was a complete puzzle. So uh, they play tonight. If Twins playing up- next door. You know what? As puzzling as the Wolves <laughs> losing to Memphis two weeks ago is. The Twins playing night games in the middle of before <laughs> April 15th is even more puzzling. You're going to have... This is really eating at you. Well, it's so stupid. I, I know. It's so stupid. What the hell? F- tell FSN oh, no. to go take a long walk up a short pier. You're not going to be that stupid, right? Are you here by circle? Yes, I'm circle. It's... It's idiotic. It's done for the regional networks. Well, it's April. This happens. This happens, you dummies. Uh, it's is it's. Uh, what is it today? What is today? April ninth, sir. Ninth. 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 Well, hell, we've been playing for two weeks. That's right. It's uh, <laughs> you know, and then to not. Okay, you got to say, play a split tomorrow, right? You would because it's supposed to be like. 38 or 40. And Wednesday's supposed to be 50. Yeah. Play a split. Jeez. Don't make anybody. It's the low tonight is 18. 18. (laughs) Somebody's going to get hit in the hand by Verlander and they'll never play baseball again. (laughs) They're going to get hit in the wrist and their whole arm will just... Turn to glass and break. And it'll they, start to swell and yeah, look like Popeye's We'll have a bunch of Dave Dravecki's walking around. Oh, my man. God. It's so stupid. 
Ricey for commissioner. Ricey for commissioner. That's all I got to say. All righty. And Marlene Stalin's gone. This is easy. Lindsey Whalen. Lindsey Whalen. Percent chance you actually think she will accept the job if it's off. Or if, if it's I'd even I'd say it was a 50% chance until I mentioned it. Now it's down to about 5%. Right. Because they don't want to listen to you. You know, they don't want to listen to me because, you know, they, they consider me a critic. I don't know why. I, by the way. <laughs> right. By the way, Coach Patino made a very good hire to replace Kamani Young. Uh, Rob Jeter, who was the coach at uh, Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. Who's some tight-ass school president fired for no reason. Didn't they beat the Badgers in Madison? Yeah, yeah he's good. they did. And he's a, he must have been floating around because they hired him. He's a, they, that's the best hire. This guy can recruit. And something Patino needs, he can coach. Wow, that is a good hire. Very good hire. We'll be back. Manny, do you have a daily complaint, sir? Yes, I do. My uh, daily complaint goes back to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago with the Wolves. It's the Memphis loss from a couple of weeks ago because if there is one team that could blow it in this particular circumstance that they have tonight. Gasol is going to play, but virtually none of the rest of them are going to play, right? I even heard rumblings that Gasol might actually even sit out They might give him the night off? Yeah. But they've already... Arizona's already clinched. Phoenix has already clinched the worst record. Yes. So, so Memphis there's, there's, can't. There's they, really they no incentive. They're, for, they're stuck in that number yeah, number two spot. Twenty nine. So, right. uh, so there's no incentive for Gasol not yeah. to play. But my my complaint is that we have the mentality that the Wolves could actually screw this up tonight. Yes. Well, and, that's what and I it's thought. a legit it's a uh, legit concern that they the can screw this I up said. tonight. They have made it an interesting game. Right. By, and it shouldn't be right now. By puking on their shoes last week or two weeks ago. Right. What do you got, Reavers? A uh, sad note to pass along from the Bell Plain Tigers Town Baseball community. A guest on Saturday Sports Talk, Dog, uh, Brett Meyer. Remember we had Dog oh, on? Yeah. We were down right. in Jordan. Uh, he has been hospitalized with a cancerous brain tumor. Oh, no. He's one of the guys that's a legend. He was on the 94 state championship team. He's one of those guys that's just a true character in town baseball, and uh, we're hoping for the best for uh, for Doug. Brent, Brent Meyer, by the way, is his name, and he is a legend in town baseball. I think I've uh, pretty well made my complaints known all day today about uh, trying to play baseball. Hey, look at Detroit's be... playing Cleveland, Manny. Look at yeah, that. It's when it's gonna be it 18. looks beautiful. Just <laughs> gonna be wonderful 18. weather out there. There's by the way, people in the stands. The, uh, Houston yesterday. Yep. They had their lowest game time temperature ever, according to uh, our guest. 52. Yep. <laughs> 52. 52. We're going to play In when it's 18. 18. Come on. Get your heads out of where the sun don't shine. 